want. Listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose and think for yourself. Yeah, but that place you know, had some nasty fucking apples that they would just press through. Oh, for sure. And they're like, well, we're pasteurizing it. What the fuck? Standards like, go low when you have, like, the FDA sort of, like, <laughs> standards. Like, right? You know, you're just like, yeah, pasteurize the fuck out of it. Uh, quality of product is low. Just sanitize, sanitize, sanitize. And that's, like... That's the mission statement. And right. you're like, well, bummer. You know, as opposed to this, where it's like you've got yeah. some wild fermented, wild fermented, uh, cider that is infused with seaweed somehow. It doesn't quite say how. You yeah, would probably know better I, than me. I have no idea. Yeah. They, I, uh, they, they, I, they do a lot of wild ferments and funky shit. <clears throat> but like you would do the seaweed or the flavoring kind of thing as the secondary you could ferment, do it, right? You could add it in primary if you wanted to. Okay. I you could make it into a tea. When do you add your cherries? For example. Cherries? Yeah. To like a cherry meat or yeah, yeah. something? Like when would you add those? You would, First you, or second? It depends. It depends what you're going for. Or like the blueberry one that you just did, mm. which was really good mm. by the way, with those blueberries. Like when yep. did those blueberries get fermented? Was that in the second? That was in primary. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then if you let it age out, it kind of ages out some of those funky off flavors that come from doing that. Because if you back sweeten by adding it in what most people call secondary is actually just aging. Because te- technically it goes through a secondary fermentation, but it's very brief and it's just like... That's it's a continuation of the first one. Yeah, it, to carbonate. Like you'll yeah. do that traditionally to carbonate beverages, like under bottle cap stuff. Um, but in, in primary, you get all these weird, funky off flavors that are very prominent in a young mead. So you got to let that shit age. So I'm glad you're just mentioning it now because I feel like I made that a while ago, which is nice. Yeah. yeah no, so I had it. I just had it stored for a special occasion. It was, uh, you know, Josh, Josh Ames's. Yeah. It was his birthday recently. So I brought it to his thing. And Word. We all tried it because they love that stuff. I gave them some of the mead you gave me mm. a few months before too, and they gobbled it up. Like they're they're those they're fully bought in. They dangerously love, delicious. Yeah, it's so good, yeah, and they just geez. love all that like wild, funky stuff. Nice. They yeah, are yeah. mushroom. They are mushroom hunters. That's their thing. Right like, on. I could see that. I, I, I am trying Josh to get the all the knowledge I can in their mushroom. It's really yeah. um, 
Rachel, his wife, sweet, is like a mushroom Jedi, right? And on. he's just like lived with her for long enough that now they're both like there. Mushroom yeah. Jedi, she's love so yeah. cool at it, dude. Oh my god, we are dude, recording there's a new now, documentary right? that came out on YouTube. It's we free. are recording, right? Yeah, we're rolling. Okay. I was just trying to get the sound. Should right. we introduce our guest? Okay. Fuck yeah! I was Ooh. thinking, yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, I'll cut this part out, but no, <laughs> no, no, leave this in. This, <laughs> fucking, I wasn't sure if you wanted to use your last name or not. That's totally up to That's you. usually what oh, I'll that's ask. That's a good opportunity oh, yeah. to make we, one up. We haven't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. We don't. You don't. Yeah, personally. no, we're not really. I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to. Yeah, no, so, my name's Tom. Hey. We're, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Tom. Thank you. We've both known you for a, quite a while. Chris knows you better than I do. You and I are more you know, friends of friends or right. acquaintances, but this is an awesome fucking chance to catch up and get to know you better and word thank you for that hey thank you yeah no it's great and it is yeah i mean like chris and i too i think when we used to run into each other a while back was when we were starting to get to know each other and um we we didn't weren't in touch for like years and years Mm -hmm. and then you reached out during the pandemic which was awesome and we're like all on like very similar trajectories but also, I remember, I don't know if it, it was when you were first starting to hang out with, like, your now wife or something, but I ran into you years ago in Burlington, and you just, like, I don't remember what was it. We were having kind of an intense time, and I don't remember why, but I just remember you rolled up, and you were like, what's up, dude? And, like, picked me out, and I had no idea what I was like. Was it a higher ground? I don't know. It was, like, on the street. We were, like, about to go to, like, one of those, like, farmhouse-owned, you know, that, like, farmhouse group that owns, like, half the, like, organic dank shit in okay. Burlington. Yep. We are about to go to one of their restaurants, which was the only time I've ever been to one of those. And But I just remember you and her rolling up, and I don't know, like, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about you were just starting to hang out or whatever. Like, you seemed like you were having a really nice date, and you, like, went out of your way. To just like come say hi, and it was like, I was yeah, it was like so left field for me, and I really appreciated it. So yeah. mm-hmm. well, and <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it was uh, through Galen and Andrea initially uh-huh. that you and I became, you know, yeah, because they lived right up the road from and you. Dave for a while. Did I see? Oh, I graduated with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they all hung out. They're all but. We, you know, back to him though. Like I've been thinking about him recently. I'm like, code I names. wonder what that monkey's up to. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good code name. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we used to call him in high school. Yeah. D Monkey C. He hated it. <laughs> oh boy, dude! I gotta play this. Uh, this yeah, clip, this well. clip because it just it made me fucking nearly pee myself the other day. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Yeah, new advertisements. Are you using YouTube? Yeah. I started paying them. Really? Again, so I can download things and watch them off-grid. Uh, nice. But one of the nice things about it is that, like, there are no ads. It's just a thing of the past. There's a lot of problems with it. There, like, I have a lot of critiques, but the not ad thing is like, oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine it now. Right? <laughs> Dude, holy shit. I gotta wait through this ad to yeah. skip the Every, next one, hopefully. Well, because I did it for music, primarily. 
because I can find any music, like, not whole just... Whole albums. Yes, whole albums and, like, covers of things, like, really obscure shit. Concerts. Yes, concerts, all that. But I remember I used to just run it with ads, and it's, like, every third song or less you run into an ad, and now and none if, of that. If you're tripping on mushrooms, the last yeah. thing you want is yeah, to hear, totally. like, a Prudential oh. ad oh, in the middle cut. of, like, yeah, a totally. Pink Floyd yeah. album, you know? That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Is Hard it, cut to some, like, techno-back fucking nonsense that, like, is so far away from, like, whatever shit I was just right. grooving out to. Yeah. Exactly, know? yeah. What the fuck? Liberty, liberty, liberty. No! <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you just say it over and over again, it'll come true. And the marketing that's when you're what we're trying. That's when what you're on trying. mushrooms, dude. Especially like that's that for me. Like that's the thing. Like you feel so marketed at things like that, like targeted <laughs> advertising, right. like the marketing component of it. You it like hurts, it. and you, and you <laughs> yeah. see through it so yes, much easier. Yes. You know, I think that's kind of the point. Like. It's like there, there's shit like that everywhere. So I think that's just probably why through it as much as you can. I was tripping on mushrooms when I watched the Twin Towers fall, and like on live TV. And I'm, ah, this is bad time for this, but it's what's happening. Uh, didn't know about this when I ate them, but yep, here we are. And uh, yeah, that's marketing. I was gonna say, are you calling it marketing? <laughs> 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 right. All right, here, it finally loaded here. Mr. Mora? Yeah? Officer Olsen? Yeah, righto. Well, so I'm tending bar down there at Eklund and Swedland's last Tuesday, and this little guy's drinking, and he says, so where can a guy find some action? I'm going crazy out there at the lake. And I says, what kind of action? And he says, woman action. What do I look like? And I says, well, what do I look like? I don't arrange that kind of thing. And he says, but I'm going crazy out there at the lake. And I says, yeah, but this ain't kind of place. Says, oh, so I get it. So you think I'm some kind of jerk for asking, only you don't use the word jerk. I understand. Then he calls me a jerk. Says, last guy thought he's a jerk is dead now. So I don't say nothing. He says, what do you think about that? And I says, well, that don't sound like too good a deal for him then. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah, he says, yeah, that guy's dead, and I don't mean of old age. And then he says, geez, I'm going crazy out there at the lake. White Bear Lake? Yeah, well, at Eklund and Sweden, that's closer to Moose Lake, so I made that assumption. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's drinking at the bar, so I don't think a whole great deal of it. But then Mrs. Mora, she heard about the homicides down here and thought I should call it in, so I called it in. End of story. <laughs> what does this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a... Oh, thank you for indulging That's me. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie since I was probably 16, but I I saw it, you know, eight times before that. Such a good movie. They just started another one. Really? I read the internet. The algorithm no shit. told me, because it knows I like their shit. There's, I, there's fake movie previews coming out now, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude, so much of it. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw a sure. fake, I saw a fake preview. But I hope you're right. For fucking, it was like Jim Carrey. He was gonna play Terrence McKenna in True Hallucinations. Did you guys ever read that book? No. Or hear of it? I've it was heard like of one it. of his. It was like one of his last, I think, one of Terrence McKenna's last books. And they were gonna. It was like this whole weird clickbait rabbit hole of Jim Carrey, like you know, all sort of. Off the reservation and incognito or whatever, and like totally in character, lost all this weight. And with the glasses, he does kind of resemble McKenna, but 
it was just using all this like I'm sure computerized. Oh, like, dude, yeah, it. there was a fake uh, Back to the Future Four ad that came out. Is this due to like what? generated art? Yeah, yeah. Just, like people. Well, even if to, it's. Like, or like Photoshop, yeah. Yeah, even w- even without AI, like deep fakes have gotten to where like, you know, like there's this one guy on YouTube. I think his name's Brian Monarch, and if you're right, send us money. But uh, kidding, Brian. Speaking, I love your art. Um, but yeah, like he does like. Sh- he specializes in putting Schwarzenegger on shit that Schwarzenegger's not on. And deep fakes used to be like, you know, they could, they could put the face, but they couldn't actually do the voice. Now they can do the voice, you know, make a whole trailer with enough modulation. And now you got AI getting into it too. It's like, well, I've seen that like being a nerd. Yeah. (laughs) Self-described and proclaimed. For and- sure. But, like, you know, who's going to play Wolverine now is, like, something else my phone likes to show me on a regular basis because it creepily knows that I, like, I'm reading the comic books. Wait a minute. Somebody else is playing Wolverine now? Yeah, for sure. What? He he theoretically retired years ago, and now he's going to do another one, and then now he's going to retire again. I heard, like, I heard dude, they were doing not- a Deadpool Wolverine crossover. For sure, yeah. Because he retired, and now he's not, because that's what they're doing. They're just paying all these old actors to come back and do another one. But, <laughs> all to say, for me, it's an exciting prospect to not have like a seven-foot Australian dude that's way too pretty to be doing. Thank you. I, I want some cruddy little fucking French Canadian guy that's fucking just yeah. need shit up. Right. <laughs> At the very least, they could have done it with fucking movie magic the same way they made the hobbits look like mm-hmm. fucking hobbits. They could have made Hugh Jackman look like he was five foot three and uh, 200 pounds of fucking muscle and claws and fur like Wolverine's supposed to be. And. Instead, they just got fucking lazy about it because they wanted to pull the pussy dollar in. So funny enough that you say that because there's a podcast, like a dramatized, like it's it's cute because it's like an old timey radio show where they used to do like the Green Hornet and shit. And Marvel's been doing some. And that was like a pandemic rabbit hole. I went down and they do a few series of wolverine ones and the guy that's the lead dwarf in the hobbit movies is the voice for wolverine and he does a really fucking good job i was really impressed it's a high fucking uh high standard there's some like the animated series wolverine voice is a fucking gem you know and it's hard to beat hey hey, bub yeah hey bub what's that guy's name steve something i used to know it but oh the animated series was fantastic they're bringing that back too they did so good with it yeah, oh, shit. so watch, it's watch them fuck it up though. That's yeah, for sure. Now, now that Disney owns it, for sure. But like uh, <laughs> that old school one, that's like some trippy. That's how I spent my senior year of high school. Was like hanging out with my buddies, and we would like yeah, be listening to Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and shit, and watching reruns of the X Men animated series, and like getting way too baked. And it was so. It was like the peak of animation was like, there's this early 90s. People call the animated Batman series too, which was less that my was, thing, but like. It was really good though. I enjoyed that one from the same era. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. They were on at the same time, and it was like, people consider that to be like the peak of like nerd cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's be honest. A lot of standards dropped since, you know, 20 years ago. 
Yeah, man. For that sure. reminds me, yeah, I mentioned earlier I saw Idiocracy recently, <laughs> like you've been telling me. Congratulations. So, thank you. Yeah, that was fucking Welcome. crazy. The Welcome. first the first two <laughs> minutes, you really do see this as, as you said, a documentary. Oh. oh, no, I used to say it was a prophecy. Now it's a documentary. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I feel like it's just <laughs> only going to get worse, you know? Yeah. Like, the more... Uh, instant gratification you have for doing nothing, you're going to have more of that. And the more, for sure. the more automated and digitized and dehumanized everything becomes, like, yeah, there's, there's going to be no compassion left in the world. There's going to be no understanding. There's going to be no fucking sympathy. Like, the things that make us human, you know, like, we're yeah. fucking ourselves. That's why I love the things that you're doing, Tommy. Out in the woods and shit. Me? Yeah, dude. Yeah. You're, like, you're just, <laughs> I'm just, hiding like, total from those things. Fucking opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me? Fucking yeah. get no. the fuck. Totally. Yeah. It's a different, I mean, it's a trade-off, right? It's a, just like totally. a different set of stresses, but they are based in reality. Oh, yes. It's, that's nicer. That's like pure... It's very human. It's, oh. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very. You have to be present. Yeah. 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 Thank you. No, I know. It's, it's exciting shit, but it's, uh, it's also like, it's interesting because you see so much of that stuff romanticized on these sort of more dehumanized, like social media type platforms and stuff like that. But it's so curated in such a way that none of that is based in, a real sense of reality, and then that becomes a talking point too, mm-hmm. and then gets dehumanized. And I don't know. It's right. It's nice to be in those things and seeing that juxtaposition, but it's also like feels like a big caveat when you're like actually in it. Mm. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I could. Like, see I that. can't I wait mean, to get electricity. You know what I right? mean? Right. Like, there's well, a vanity more, that makes... comes in where it's like, oh no, I totally. want things to be easier. I'm not like doing this because it's cool and fun. Like, right. <laughs> I'm hoping to streamline some of this shit. Yeah. But and that's you know, like coming from the 1900 or the 1800s to the 1900s. Like, that's that's no small feat. And you're, you know, you're you're doing without what most people can't. Or wouldn't know how to, wouldn't be willing to. So, for sure, pat yeah. on the back. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And it is like it is and it isn't. You know, like I do. I'm a big fan of that time period. I'm a big. I spend most of my time out there listening to podcasts about American history, and particularly mm. people that were up to shit. Like I just read. Blood and Thunder, Kit Carson's biography. I like seek out stories and examples of people who are like doing it a little harder than me. Go in, <laughs> like going go, and getting it. Go into Kit Carson a little bit. Kit Carson. So Kit Carson is, I think, sort of the best example of someone who touched everything in terms of uh, American history. He helped discover what became the Oregon Trail. He helped establish um, Santa Fe and, like, the Southwest. Taos. He lived in Taos. And this was pre-America Santa Fe, I'm guessing. Yes, he was involved in making it America. He was involved in 
um, the Civil War. He was involved in the, like, Mountain Man beaver fur trading era. That's how he started. Mm. And so, like, the things that, like, the period that the Revenant covers would be, like, the most mm. popular media that I can think of or, like, that whole Hudson Bay when beaver pelts were he the was, biggest. He was a trader, trapper. He was a trapper. He was a free trapper, yeah. meaning that he was, like, a free agent that would just sell. He would go out and trap and sell his commodities to the highest bidder typically the Hudson Bay Company, yeah. and then got hired as an India army tra- scout. India trading. Hmm. Right. Hudson Bay, uh, the East India Company, yes. that's the British one. But they were affiliated, I believe. Oh, for sure. They were the importers. Yeah. Yeah. They got beat. That was, Hudson Bay was like, and that whole pelt market in North America was the of end beavers. of this. That was like, <laughs> like, what's the word? That circumvented. The, yeah. <laughs> can't go. Can't have a conversation with about beavers. I figured it was coming. I couldn't let it go. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 it's it's good. appropriate. A friend of mine's yeah. getting a beaver tattoo on her leg, and I like pointed that out. Oh, I was like, great. yeah, you know, and my she's beaver like, yeah, hang below like, my knee. Exactly that. That was the that was the exact line that came up. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So he like started on all that. Beaver pelts were the biggest economical driver of the time and then that talk about bubbles that market crashed just because the people who were it was bought as a luxury good and then silk came into fashion and the pelt industry just fucking fell out yeah. so i got hired as an army scout overbidded most likely well not even just the taste changed mm. the rich folks in europe they wanted Russia, more exquisite furs yes they and, found a new and, shinier yeah. thing and they had so gotcha. yeah and the prestige of it, just like the fashion of it, just changes. Um, yeah, beavers totally. are heavy for personal for interest sure. and highly valuable too, like water repellent. Naturally, water yeah. repellent. Yeah. So then he's an army scout. He finds he helps the army access California. He's involved in California becoming, which was Mexico at the time. Part of it, and part of it. Well, like Brit- Oregon was a British colony, and. A lot of it, I mean, like, a lot of it was just up in the air. It was just, like, kind of, like, the way they describe it, like, bandit run, where it was <laughs> just, rat. like, a private militia, and then the Bear Republic militia um, rose up and won it, essentially, for America, and then there's a power struggle, all sorts of stuff. Anyways, he ends up figuring that stuff out. He ends up figuring out the Santa Fe Trail, which was the first access point into that region, and then the Oregon Trail, which was a quicker access point into that region he's then involved in some civil war stuff i'm really glossing it over intentionally because there's too much yeah the whole point is that he's like he's he's married he's he's fighting a lot of um indigenous tribes and he's also married into several and i don't want to say which (laughs) ones are which but anyways he has like a very dynamic yeah no and he has like a very tumultuous (laughs) like a famously tumultuous relationship with his first wife. So he's a Mormon. He's living, he's living with her tribe, and then he gets kicked out of her teepee, and it's like part of his story is like this really messy divorce, and everyone's like, thank God that's over. But it's like 1800 uh-huh. style, and he's in a te- it's all taking place in a teepee. Yeah, she's throwing and, like, his, his TV yes, out exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Shit, yeah, like, no, it's like very. Take your guitar. It's like a funny, it's like the funniest part of his story. But, anyways, like he's doing all this. <laughs> he's involved with all this. He's at the Battle of Adobe Walls. His wife is kidnapped by um, one of them. Pueblo. 
uh, Josefa, his longest term wife, who is of Mexican descent, I think, is then kidnapped by Pueblo Indians. Uh, anyways, he's got this long dynamic history, and his story ends up with him retiring from the fucking army, because he's lived like 17 lives, and then coming back because they're doing the Navajo long walk, and he famously volunteers to lead it, knowing, like, this is going to be an act of atrocity, and I might as well be the one to do it, because at least I have a rapport with these folks, you know what I mean? And it's like, a lose-lose. So his legacy ends on this, like, wicked sour note where he's, like, he volunteers essentially to be the villain on behalf of the U.S. Army because he's, like, if I don't do it, it's going to be worse. He's, like, the white Geronimo. Kind of, yeah. Oh, I was just listening to the Geronimo thing this morning, or a summation of his life. That shit. The Apache stuff is, like... Yeah. I mean, they they were some great warriors. Yeah. Serious. Talk about Jedi. You, <laughs> Talk about Mushroom Jedi. <laughs> do you know about Tom Brown Jr.? I do. I'm, yeah, I've read yeah. a bunch of his stuff. I know people who have gone through his training. And he was trained by it, like what he, who he called grandfather was mm-hmm. this Apache elder that dude made like forty treks across the entire U.S. You know, over his lifetime, just walking through the woods barefoot. Totally. You know. He can be invisible. Like, that's his thing. He just moves so slow. Like, the whole concept sort of boils down to, like, just being so slow. But that you land in. Also, the the more you practice it, the faster you can go. Right. I could see that happening. Like, just as, as like, a the more you samurai know. Jedi master type fucking who's perfect at knowing how to not be seen and how to flow with each and every background. The guy, like, could, holy tra- fuck, the guy could track ants across concrete, you know, without... Dude, yeah. That was the one know. thing I appreciated about the Marvel, like, series was the Ant-Man and, like, the concept that you could manipulate ants what to do. And if you out- if you created an alliance with them, all the shit that you could actually do, because ants fucking outnumber humans. You can actually. By a ridiculous ratio figure. Or whatever. Certain it's types like, of ants you can manipulate with vinegar because vinegar is formic acid which is the same shit that they dispel to leave their trails for each other so it's like a pheromone wow almost yeah yeah Yeah. i mean right for them anyway for us it's toxic at the levels of formic acid that they spray out versus our vinegar our vinegar is five percent acid Uh uh-huh and it's interesting because fungi actually play with like different acid dynamics and percentages and For pH sure. and all that stuff. And all you, you, you do, hear, yeah. I mean, there's like the, what is it? The ophiocordyceps that manipulates the carpenter ants or mm-hmm. whatever. Is it, is it carpenter ants? Or no, it's like the biting ants. Blows their right? brains out. Dude, yeah. <laughs> fruits out of their brain after. So it's amazing because researchers have basically determined that as soon as the ant gets infected or inoculated with the fungus, it then becomes the fungus. Like it, it's a fungus in ants' clothing is what they have depicted this as. It's crazy because zombified. As to soon as yeah, as soon as that happens, the ant has a specific regimen and orientation to the sun that makes it uh, want to climb up 
and bite onto a leaf at, at high noon when the humidity is the most and like where it knows where the sun is. It's like incredible how this process takes place. <laughs> have you guys, speaking of zombification, probably have heard something about this, but the zombie drug, scopalamine. There's been a few. Well, the, the specific one is scopalamine. It gets, you know, it's powder and mm. like just gets lightly blown into people's faces and all of a sudden, you know, they wake up 14 hours later not knowing what happened, but the entire time they're active and they're incredibly suggestive. That's so fucked up. That's like like the the basis of like, um, I began or like, well, I was thinking more of like, um, like roofies, I guess, is the, the commentary. I was trying to think of a more proper. they're conscious. They're conscious, <laughs> yeah, but they're not yeah. conscious. Totally. You know, yeah. like, like. Well, I got roofied. I got roofied uh, right after high school. Um, being at a house party, and this dude that I went to high school with was bartending. And just de- fucking definitely, with you. Definitely underage. Well, no, we ran into some friends, a couple who were leaving. Right when we were getting there, and so they were leaving, and it's all just like you know, keg solo cup kind of situation, house party, yeah, DJed house party, the big like you would see on a fucking uh, like romantic comedy, some shit like that. Um, but they're leaving, and so she's the woman in the couple hands me her beer, and she's like, "Do you want to? I just got a new beer, but we want to go." And so she gives me her almost full beer. And then, like, 45 minutes later, he, the boyfriend in the couple, calls me, and he's like, she's fucking, like, she's puking, she doesn't know where she is, like, you know, all this stuff. she only had a little. Yeah. Well, she had had more, I think, before I got there. But, you know, like, that was her, you know, they had, yeah, whatever, (laughs) like, she got a new drink, and then they're like, let's go. And so she's like, here you go. And I'm there with who I would go on to date for, like, a decade and like their mutual huh. friend or whatever, and so I'm like trying to like make sure it's a cool experience or whatever. And then he calls me and says all that, and I'm like, "We gotta go." I had just drank their drink; they had just got drinks, and I like pounded one of theirs to be like, "Yeah, no, let's go!" Like, drink this. She's driving. I didn't have a license, <laughs> so it's like you we're, think we're he, going. Was, he was passing him out kind of heavily. Yes, and it was definitely he was like he had a rep, it was, like it was like a. Then substantiated. Was it the guy that used to work Dude. at a? Holy shit! Was he was he a bartender in our local? I don't no. know. I don't at the know. Time, um, I think I might know who you're talking about, but <laughs> no, not that person. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, slander. Yeah, for sure. But it was wild. Like I went. The friend was house-sitting. We went back to her place. We're all crashing there. And I went out to smoke a butt out front. And they're all inside. Just the two of them, you know. And I had to crawl up the porch. And it was that, like, fully and it, conscious. It and I lost it control wasn't of my body. It was just the boots. Oh, it was, like, two, two, like, shitty beers, drinks worth. No. Yeah. My yeah. body is... Able to process alcohol yeah. at a higher level than that. Yeah, I have a liver. <laughs> yeah, totally. I definitely have have outpaced that. No, it was like I had two fucking solo cups of fucking shitty beer. 
Mm. It was definitely, and that's not how my body reacts to alcohol. Like, I lost control of my body and watched myself do it, fully conscious, crawled my way back in and, like, let them know, like, very effectively, was able to effectively communicate to them. I was like, those roofies fucking hit me and, like, had to get, like, put to bed. Yeah. Holy shit. But that whole thing of, like, losing... Control I, I, and being right. aware yes. of it. Be yes, aware exactly. of what you were yeah, doing. Like disassociation. Yeah. There was yeah. a Black Mirror episode with that yeah, sort of dynamic consciousness altering experience like that. The show was creepy. That episode. That episode. I really have to. That show. That goddamn show. Ever, ah. Yeah. Have you seen it? The, the I've show seen a few of them when at first. But it's so. It's like talk about like documentary calling things a documentary or a prophecy. Like you know, some of it's just too close to home. Where it's like I don't want to watch the robots eat us. Like I, right? And how much? How much of like buying into watching it is actually willing it to happen? Too, Uh, you know, like like subconsciously, you know, like uh, uh, revelation of method or Mm. or you know uh uh. What's it called? Manufactured consent. You know? Totally. Those yeah. types of things. To buy your vote, buy your buy, well, buy there's your dollar. Hollywood your is Hollywood has been thought to be magic for a long time. You know, like Black Magic? Magic is magic. It's how you, you use it supposedly, but at the end of the day it's like Hollywood. The wood that witches' lawns were made out of traditionally were from the holly tree. Hollywood. Hmm. Cinemagicians. You know, like, and Francis Ford Coppola has been quoted a few times as saying, yeah, like, cinema is the same thing as magic. You know, like, especially, like, the more people are watching it, more people are on the same page. It's manufactured consent. Yeah. Or you know, revelation of method. There was it's also like, this is what we're gonna do, and so we're gonna make a movie about it. Yep, exactly. Uh, there was also a um a Northern Exposure episode that the shaman came to the village and asked like everyone from in the village, the you know, basically the the majority I think was probably native it was like a blend of Native American and white white folk. But it was like he was looking for the Western white medicine of like what like heals the spirit and he couldn't find anything from like he talked to the local doctor he talked to like the local like aspirin everybody. what do you want buddy <laughs> and and so yeah it was a total spoof on that whole thing for sure but then he asks ed who's like at the point where he's like he's at a low in his life we've got some oxies and he and he is watching a movie to feel good to feel better and uh, Le- Leonard, the character, the shaman character, at his own bottom of the day, because he couldn't find the answer, inter- he uh, encounters Ed watching a movie in the theater and realizes that, oh, that must be the white man's medicine. Laughing. And so, magic right there, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just right. that connection of, like, what heals the spirit. Like, how how magical is that? I mean, well, you, looked at in that way, but used for obviously manufactured consent is a whole nother. But where it comes down to magic is with cinema, you're able, if if done well, you're able to take somebody from their mundane lives 
and bring him into this extraordinary hour and a half adventure where, you know, if done well, they don't think about any of their life. They're living there, you know, and the very least, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's hypnotic at the very least. Yeah, definitely. Well, I do think personally, it's not substantiated anything beyond my personal opinion. But Most of this is not substantiated, don't worry. About <laughs> yeah, that. no. But personally, I think that good art, and that's mm. a subjective term mm-hmm. as it is, but like that is what drives the successes of like cultures or societies or like having, like we were talking earlier about having a heart in your society sure. or whatever. And to me, I do think it's like critical thinking and good art, which induces critical thinking. To me, they're the same, mm-hmm. but like, yeah. Good art, whatever the medium, is what inspires people to collectively perform things. And yeah, it could be bad, you know, like the intention of it is its own thing, but like, good or bad, that is what has like, yeah, just inspired us to try. Totally. Art, at least mass, mass media art, especially in... Our culture, you know, America's whole, it's been cutting edge as far as art's concerned for the last however many years. That's like key, keyword good, right? Right. Because it's like advertisement, subjective. advertising, right. marketing right. art you know. isn't like, well, it's like good art. Now. Yeah, right. it's like you know. manufactured to the point where it has no merit. It has no heart. It has no soul. Bill Hicks was right. <laughs> Bill Hicks was right. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. Again. I actually had another clip I wanted to play for you guys. I don't know how much time we have. Maybe we'll do it as a closer. But I have a we fucking, got <laughs> it's Bill it's, Hicks. Uh, we got thirty two till, I believe. Thirty one and a quarter. Yeah. Are you guys you wanna take a-, a quick break? We can do a break or refills or whatever. We'll hear from our future sponsor. If you're in the central Vermont area and you're looking for a special souvenir to take home and share with your friends and neighbors. Humbiant Fermentary's got you covered. Humbiant Fermentary produces craft batches of hard cider from the heart. This wild fermented cider is a tribute to the depth and complexity of how intertwined we are with the flora and fauna of the ecosystem. In our attempt to be humble stewards of the biosphere, as Humbiants, we offer this taste of microsymbiotic flavors to your gut biome. By forming an alliance with our microbiome, we simultaneously forge a partnership with nature in her wonderful beauty and simplicity, of which we are inseparable participants capable of co-creating a world worth living in. Nature is the way. Cheers. But yeah, like, my dad served in Vietnam, was on transport planes that carried, you know, all the agent whatever blankety-blank colors, and died of pulmonary fibrosis. It's... Basically, ground yeah, on dude. his own fluids over the course of 10 years, and due to his exposure from that shit, which Monsanto made, you know, just like most nasty shit we have. Yeah. Fuck those people. Monsanto is so evil. And didn't it buy out bear. those... Bear. 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 Like bear aspirin. Yep. B-A-E-R. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Any... any uh organization, institution, entity, what do you want to call it, uh, that tries to control a, 
a population's food, what you're consuming, and then have ultimate, basically, political control over the FDA and what they define and don't define and all this shit. Right. Yeah. Then you have, yeah, you've you've lost your your heart at that point. What we were talking earlier about the whole like have a socialist heart but a capitalist mind. And I like that. Here's where we bring in a a word from our sponsors. We're not terrorists. We're just talking about free ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Nestle. Nestle wants to own the water supply of the world. Right. Nestle. Talk about like Bill Gates owning farm country. Nestle is the one who's trying to buy up all of our aquifers. I think the uh, Waltons, the owners of Walmart, uh-huh. they own the rights to the Colorado River now. Yeah. Pretty sure. Sense. 3M, they're like the chemical ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, our good friends Pfizer, who have had a great <laughs> last few years. Uh, <laughs> are- you know, trust, trust the science, you <laughs> yeah. know, like... Yeah. It's so hard. I mean, it, like, it's a really hard Don't thing. Don't worry like, about those 13 year olds dying yeah. of heart attacks. Well, you know, yeah. you know you're, trust you're, the science. Yeah, the, the health, because food and medicine go hand in hand. So when you then try and dominate that sector of healthcare and food, you, you like, that's a delicate thing. It's a huge responsibility right. to People's actually have a real, line. yeah. Like, it's that's why huge. they're willing to take like huge exactly. leaps with their finances or like whatever they can. Right. It's like having no I'm, separation between church and state, which really we don't because they're big lobbyists too. Yeah. Cause food and health can become a religion too and all that shit. And there's a lot of like buy in around what the virtue, what the virtue craze is one day and gone by the next. I work in the the field where you get you get they, anyone's waiting to point the finger at you. Like you have a liability like, always over as a dark cloud over your head at some point. Like it is such a responsibility to be in charge of the health and well being of any given population, any individual. It's fucked up, dude. And these people just fucking at whatever Monsanto or whatever corporate Nestle we talked about all those things like. Walmart. That's a huge responsibility. Like, who is their CEO and who are making these fucking decisions and well, what are their intentions? Removed. Like, our corporate law, particularly in America, hmm. creates an entity out of the corporation. So the CEO right. has a layer of liability. Like, this is the same concept of an LLC, which right. literally stands for a limited liability, limited liability. corporation, yeah. which and they shouldn't good. have at that level. No, exactly. It's good on a small level where it's like, oh, you got a few homies that are starting a small business. You made an accident and this happened. Right. And that that sort of says like, well, you got lended from a financial institution that should theoretically be able to do their own risk assessments and like gauge Mm -hmm. their own wins, losses. And like, frankly, they're winning. You know, like the banks are winning those equations. Even if they lose a few battles, they're winning the wars. At a corporate level, on that level, then you've just got an ability to sequester wealth so that you can avoid taxation. Right. And Which is what also- we saw during, right before the fucking lockdown. Sorry to cut yeah, you no, off. But, you know, like, we saw the biggest transfer of up, upward transfer of wealth in human history two days before the lockdowns. For sure. Yeah, and, man. and certainly that shit happened in 1907 as well. That was and when they ban- the banks got together. Rights. Yeah, and they 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 started. A, it was a financial panic, and everyone basically, I'm pretty sure, a bank run. You said point. 07? 07. Yeah, there have been financial panics all the time, For and sure. they're bound to happen. It's just bubbles 
uh, become inflated and then they deflate. Well, over time, it's, it's, look, a, it's a natural function of the economy. And let's look at cycles of, you know, repeated history. So, 07, that happens. A bubble bursts. Too. Like that shit I was talking about earlier with Kit Carson and all that, like the pelt industry falling out created another mm. small recession and like the 1800s had several. Yeah. And, and they were still on the fucking gold standard. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, so back to 1907, they have a bubble pop and then skip forward to 1918. What happens? The Spanish flu. We have a bubble pop in 08. And what happens 10 years later? Mm. COVID. And back in the Spanish flu time, there was a lot of misinformation that was dispelled that killed a lot of people. Yeah. And just like now. Yeah. Like, yeah, because isn't there like a whole elitist agenda around population control too? Going back like to that? Cecil Rhodes, nine, 1892. He wrote his manifesto in 1892. And this is the guy where Rhodes scholarship comes from. This is the guy where Rhodesia came from. Rhodesia was then later renamed Zimbabwe. But. This is the guy that's responsible for all of that. And in his manifesto in 1892, he wrote that the New World Order is happening. It's going to take more or less a 100 years to actually manifest. And from 1892 to 1992, 1992, George H.W. Bush gave his speech on the New World Order. Mm-hmm. These are all Rhodes scholars that fucking control right. this entire country. Yeah. Like, yeah, the web dude. is not big. Are you familiar with Metal Gear Solid? Yeah. Well, I mean, how far are we going back? Are we going back to, like, the original Nintendo one or just the PS1? The PS1 is where yeah, I okay. am familiar yeah, that's where with I started, it. But, yeah. yeah. But, like, the concept, the, like, mythology of it is a... Transhumanist, fucking, yep. But with that, like, they call themselves the Patriots. It's like, the Patriots is like the placeholder for, like, the Rhodes Scholars or whatever. But it's like a fictionalized version of the same concept. And it's so crazy how... Except Snake is fighting the right side of it. Yeah, no, Snake... Well, Snake, like, at times finds himself... It's very relatable because, like, Snake finds himself at times manipulated by the powers that be and he's doing things that it's like oh i was helping perpetuate the evil agenda great connection man but like the and they use yeah like it gets into um um nanotechnology and all these things that are relevant today shit but like shit that was only conceived you know as far as we're known yeah no it's future looking it's like yeah again the idea of like prophecy becoming documentary it's future looking but like the second one released uh in october of 2001 whereas like 9-11 happened 9-11 what you know like uh, september of 2001 and it the whole plot is it predicated on a terrorist attack in New York. Revelation implementing, of method. Yeah, like implementing this whole concept right. with like using um artificial intelligence and like meme culture essentially, like implementing all um, the stuff that's like happening today. Real, man. And yeah. it's like it's so it's it's fucking poignant. You're like, yeah, holy it's shit. Fucking it's gnarly, just someone dude. who's like 
such a forward thinker in these ways. And it's scary, too. And like all this and sad and, of course, all that. But like just downright impressive that you can have these folks that have like the creative freedom, first of all, Mm -hmm. and also the ability to just like really connect all these dots. Totally. To like see this and like talk about this. And yeah, in retrospect, just read the Wikipedia of like the plot synopsis of that thing, and you're like, "Dude, I'm gonna fuck. do it." <laughs> all right, here's a question for you, Tom. In regards to all that, which, like, you know, you're you're connecting dots in my brain. Would you rather be somebody that was oblivious to that sort of thing, or are you happy being somebody that actually picks up on it? Yes and no. Uh, right. I think yeah, like. An interesting quote I heard recently um, was um, someone saying that, like, I have done myself the disservice of reading too much, Um, (laughs) where, like, knowledge is, like, knowledge is truly a burden. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, that concept, that's sort of what I was hemming and hawing about earlier when you were like, good good for you with your lifestyle, where it's like, okay, but, like, kind of not. Like, it kind of (laughs) sucks, you know? But that, you just nailed it. Like, you, that, it's that. You, you, I am, would rather live in that way. And I would rather, I feel really good that I don't participate in a lot of these systems. You're happy to carry of, the well, burden a, that you do versus having the unknowledgeable one. I sleep really good about certain things and I cannot get to sleep about other things. Yeah. So you're one of those people that would rather have uncomforting truths than, yes. you know. But it does yeah. suck. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can't, when you make a moral stand like that, or however you want to, however you want to phrase it, it does not mean that it just automatically is easier because, oh, you know, shit, you no, it gets harder. High road. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, harder. of course not. It's no, it's, it's, a, slog, it's dude. a, dude, it's a hero's journey. I think that's, that's kind of what I was getting at in the first place was like literally conquering the beast, man. Like it. Dude, Mother Nature is brutal, man. Mother it's Nature just, that's is just an thing. army like, of porcupines when you have, coming like, when for you, all of your stuff. The, but <laughs> they're so small you can't see them. Just, they're so small you can't see them. Just a, but like, like the, the uh, freaking what came to mind earlier was uh, people are so damn insulated with the, yeah. all that information well, yeah. that's Echo like, yeah, chambers it's, it's heavy and, and shit and like whatever. And you have all these devices and instant gratification algorithms and whatnot. And it's all very like you know, cut to the chase, short and sweet. People are in their comfort zones. Yeah, Yeah. way too much of that, though. Too insulated within that comfort zone to the point where you start to lose yourself or lose your sense of self from just being in the present. And so there's the polar polar opposite of that, which is kind of like what you're, what you're experiencing, what you are conquering is like that fucking. But there's a, there's a line too. And I, that's what I, like, the when I think about my whole experience over the past year, where I like I lived in a tent and then I built this cabin, and then I moved into the cabin. I didn't build the cabin. People built the cabin because they were able to do it cheaper and better than right. me. And then I had it move there. I had to move it there. And like, yeah, it was a whole fucking. That's a whole story in and of itself, bro. Story. That was yeah, fucking totally. nuts. And I like pulling a house with a tractor is, you know, I've had these like little landmarks of achievements that I do. I'm like, fuck yeah, I did dude. That. That's, that's amazing, awesome. But. The way I think about it in a broader sense is, like, I'm learning a lot. Like, I'm not really a tradesperson, but I'm learning all this trades stuff. Being a homeowner will make you one. Yeah, like, I am being forged into learning certain things. Um, 
but there is a balance of like, oh my gosh, since I got my truck fixed and I can just go kayaking, mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying. There is a certain level of comfort zone that even it's like fulfilling, right. and it's like you know, I get I get a physical benefit from it, and I get like a natural exposure benefit from it, and all these things. But being able to just or archery is another one for me where it's like mm. I'm fucking good at that shit, and there's something valuable about just going and doing something that you're just good at and what getting kind a of positive bow do you have Love it. What's that? What kind of bows do you shoot? Um, I shoot primarily. I shoot a recurve that was factory made at 45 pounds because I can shoot it all day. 45 pounds is light enough that I could never get tired shooting it. Quick draw too. Um, yes, fucking blah 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 blah. Yeah. And I've made a few bows. I made a 62-pound bow out of Osage Orange um, through, uh, like, a wilderness survival class um, that is very hard for me to shoot, and I would not take it hunting. It's fun to shoot, but I would not take it hunting. Would you I, consider that a long bow? That is a self-bow, which is made. It's a certain practice pretty much taking measurements based out of your wingspan. Okay. Um, and it's catered directly to you. But, yes, it's such so a short it fun- no, it functions more like a longbow than a recurve. And then I have a horse bow that I bought out of a kit that I, like, finished making. You know, I got components that were milled for me, so I didn't need a bandsaw and things. Like Mongolian horse bow? Yes. And yeah, it's made boy. out of bamboo, and I backed it with rattlesnake skin. Something I taught myself <laughs> is how to back shit awesome, with rattlesnake dude. skin. You it's just buy good. rattlesnake skins off of eBay. It's sweet. Dude, you get crazy. them mailed to you. You know, I've got extras if you ever want one. You can one. buy them, <laughs> but sweet. you can't shoot them. Depending on where you live. Right. No, you need, yeah, you need special permitting and yeah, shit. to trap and... But and that, oh my gosh, a bamboo horse bow, and I have shot it once off of a horse. A bamboo horse bow? So yes. this is this is the Mongolian style. It's a Mongolian-style bow made out of bamboo so limbs. It, it has metal r- or wood Conventionally, what you would call, like, if, if, if a recurve and a short bow had a baby. Yes, it yeah. is a short bow recurve. That's yeah. exactly you nailed it. Yeah, um, and it's you're shooting it. It's a grass. Mm. Like the limbs of this bow are a grass. <laughs> they absorb and uh, transmit humidity differently. Like everything about it is different than wood. Mm. You're interacting with a big chunk of grass. It's so cool. <laughs> um, but it's just like. Right. Ah, yeah. And that is 50 pounds. And so that one. Not am, the weight of the bow, the weight of the draw. The weight of the draw, yes. The weight of the bow is extremely light. You I, can twirl I, it around on your finger, kind of oh, shit. That's awesome. But it fucking kicks them out. Ugh. Blap. It, it's a, it punches. You know, like the, my 45 pound recurve is my absolute in control and placement. That's what I take hunting. That's what I can, you know, like. 30 yards out, that's my comfort range. Okay. 30 yards out, I can hit a paper plate. Like, I can hit a paper plate pretty much in the fuck. 10, out, middle 10 of out of it. 10 times nice. right in the middle. Yeah, blap, blap. I shoot 12 yep. round volleys when I'm feeling indulgent. I like to do less is more. Yep. Uh, yep. Part of my training regimen is making yourself walk. Practice is shoot not one. perfect. Really, perfect you practice shoot one arrow. is perfect. Shoot while, one while arrow. Walking? Only give yourself one arrow. And Dude, then you have awesome. to go get it every time. Yeah. And you make those, you start getting awesome, those dude. shots fucking in, you know? And fucking shooting sniping. while walking is not something you can do with a compound bow. Compound bows yeah. are, you know, like, that's that's what most people shoot now. And that's what I shoot. I've got a recurve that I've never shot because I consider it kind of a collector's item. But 
Um, yeah, like you can't shoot a compound bow while walking. You're the let off. If you take a misstep, you're going to miss. You're going to release without meaning to. Well, I just can't use them because of my eye. So you have your right hand. I shoot. I shoot right handed and I'm missing my right eye. Right. So I have to use instinctive aiming. So sighting you mechanisms do largely just don't really work. Yep, yep. I can use on a shooting a pistol. I can use the Weaver stance, yep. which is a older crossover, a Marine Tommy. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, like that. Yeah. Out here, and that helps mm-hmm. me accommodate. But it's still at the end of the day, that's still instinctive shooting, as far as I'm concerned. Same principles are getting thrown in. There. You'd be surprised, like over my years of shooting and like teaching people how to shoot, like. A decent amount of people are cross-eyed dominant. Like, yeah, yeah. so, like, you've got a right-handed shoot. My wife is one. Like, she's right-handed, but she's left-eyed. Yeah. So, you know, like, I've got guns that she can shoot, and I've got guns that she can't shoot because she, I mean, she can pull the trigger, but she can't line up the sights mm-hmm. adequately. But yeah. Like, yeah. I believe that. I bet there's, like, once you actually dig into that sensory stuff, archery is how I've learned about all that. But, like, once you dig into that, I'm sure you find folks that are all over in terms of, like, what is the dominant or, like, what's yeah. the comfortable or natural way for totally. the body to actually... Yeah. And that's a different type of comfort because skills, like, it doesn't take skill to use a fucking, like... If you're, if you're just a user doing this with your time all the time, yeah. but when, you, when you're uh-huh. doing, when you're actually doing Practicing. something that yeah, you're yes. putting in the time. Like, I bet you know. I mean, I'm sure you'd be modest. Physiology, when I say this, but physiology, I bet you're, you're and kinetics come into play. Totally, yeah. Ten thousand hours. Do you think you've spent close to ten thousand hours shooting? Oh my gosh! Um, mastery, I mean, not true mastery. mastery. Like but true mastership is obviously a relative term. I don't. I don't think I'm allowed. I'm not allowed that. See, that's. that's but, what I thought that was coming. okay. Okay, yeah, that's what okay. I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> but, but but think about this. 10,000 hours, mastery, sure, but think about 2,000 hours versus somebody that's never done it. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know? That's the point. That's the idea. It's like putting putting the time in and actually trying to achieve a goal, and then you have a personal best, and you want to do better the next time, and so on and so forth, and you got to swallow the feedback and keep going and just punch it I forward. just went to the range before I came here. Word. I got, which, by the way, speaking of skills, I, I got to shoot my first Desert Eagle today. Oh, <laughs> nice! Wow, yeah. did it blouch? Did it make uh, it big? <laughs> it was blouchy, blouchy. Yeah, but both my bullets were touching each other like a pair of tits. Yeah, and Ooh. compared to my nine mils, like <laughs> you know, they're like twice the size, more than twice the size, like ridiculous. You seen that? That's hilarious. Henry just made a nine millimeter that I'm drooling on. The Henry uh, lever? No, it's a, it's a, it's their first non-lever. It's a semi-auto nine millimeter long rifle. Really? 
and it looks Semi. it's called the homesteader they, it just really? came out like it came out like i think three months ago honestly this sounds like there's some manufacturing issues with it that they need there's to work always it's just like cars yeah. there's always going to be the first year right or two. right yeah. but oh boy i drool <laughs> thinking about it it's definitely <laughs> the toy i want the three of us should go to the range someday That'd and then fun. we'll come Dude, back and do fucking a awesome. fucking cast yeah. after i got a uh that would be a awesome ruger 1022 that's just like the most reliable i think that's like what everyone should learn on i mean well, I'd say once you get used to, you know, actual firearm discipline, you know, the four basic rules, then you go up to a semi ten twenty twos the you know, that's that's the perfect semi auto learn. For but, sure. Especially you know, like, in this day and age where it's like you can buy a bucket of the ammo because the ammo just the price of ammo is such a restrictive component that like the fact you can buy it by the bucket is <laughs> helpful. <laughs> you can buy it by the bucket. The, the only downfall of 22s is being rimfire. Occasionally, you will get one that won't go off, and they're a little dirtier. But other than that, like 22s can do just about anything you want them to. For sure, it just might not be pretty. And 12 gauge for me again because it's the open sight thing like an old school hunting right. 12 gauge has been my vehicle personally to you mm-hmm. know like really get adjusted with a long rifle and having the kick you know it's it's a real gun like a 12 a 12 gauge is a real a real firearm experience i'm getting handed a uh yeah i, I haven't ever shot a 12 gauge i think oh. i might have shot my brother's 20 gauge at one point but i don't think i've ever done a 12 we'll we'll change that sweet I would love that. So, and yeah, speaking of skill though, like seeing, uh, getting the sights right, like, isn't it that, like, when you showed me all those years ago when we went shooting that one? Oh, time, that was like fucking 12 years long ago. Long time ago. And you, I, we shot all kinds of stuff. That was fucking amazing. Dude, that, tr- that, that, that was the day that we tricked awesome. my two buddies into firing that big one while the kneeling, AK? right? The AK? No, it was even bigger than the AK. It was like a, really? it was like, yeah, it was like a, I forget what it was. Mosin the gun or something, but we, you know. But, like, seeing down the site, like, getting that shit yeah, to no, match, I found it a fascinating, like, just something to get good at, get better at when it comes to seeing how the site kind of matches up without, you, without like, you hear, like, from, you know, if you were to spend virtually no training time on the subject trying to do stuff, you would basically instinctually close one eye. But you taught me a way that you just keep a both eyes, you keep both eyes open and you just get it to line up. And it's like, dude, it's wildly difficult for me. It's like, yeah, no, it takes practice. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's both natural and it takes practice, you know, for sure. Like, but so that, that kind yeah, of that's the mechanism point. on a AR platform, but like a pistol AR platform is how I learned how to use anything besides open sights. Hell yeah. Um, nice. and that, that is very, like, to me, that's the like worthwhile investment. Red dot. So like train yeah. in, yeah, train in that, which I haven't, I mean, part of the logic, the 1022 was the last one I got, and part of the logic for that was to just practice. I've got two disadvantages. Obviously, one eye is one of them, but also this big freaking honker of a nose. <laughs> when the casings kick out from the right side, like yeah, they usually do, because yeah. they're engineered for right, right-handed right shooters, um, 
what that means is that fucking old schnoz is catching half those casings, and man, they burn coming out of the ten twenty. You're lucky though because <laughs> you're living in twenty twenty three. Uh huh. And there's some beautiful things happening with firearms right now. Oh yeah, there's so, some cool shit. Like for you especially being a left eyed right handed shooter, what they're doing right now with AKs and ARs. And AR, by the way, does not stand for fucking assault rifle. That was a term that was created by the Nazis to disarm their own fucking people in Germany. And if you keep it up, that's what's going to happen here. It means Armalite rifle. Anyway, but at the end of the day, what they're doing right now is they're putting risers underneath the red dots on. So, yeah. so basically, you don't have to tuck your head down. Totally. You, you leave your head where it is, you get a nice shoulder, and it works great for cross-eye dominant people, because all you gotta do is your right-handed shooter, yeah. shooting left-eyed, just tilt it a little bit. Right, you line out, yep. you line up out here, yep. instead of up in here. Right. And then again, old schnoz can't get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, and that has been my, like, first traction with actually getting that stuff to work, and there's obviously, there's a price tag investment with that, and for me, it's really just getting to a place where it's like, okay, I'm gonna mm -hmm. build out my, like, dream platform, like, invest once well, and what just have, like, pretty much some What are you thinking rating. for a platform? Well, so this- I'm an amosexual. Yeah. Sorry. Well, the Henry, the Henry thing got me. <laughs> I got do have me to kinda, see that. Like, yeah, they got me hot about the nine mil just because it's so standard. Um, I would love something. I was looking at like three oh eight or something that's like. I would love nine something mil that, to three oh eight. a big jump. It for sure is, but the jump is the logic is, um, being out there like what's a functional round for hunting. What are you thinking for barrel length? Um, probably on the longer end because of like a hunting thing. Like I don't know. It really, yeah. These are the things. These you are the could things go a short barrel three hundred eight or a long barrel nine. Exactly, and that's what that Henry kind of is, which kind of like changed my name or changed my mind about the nine. Uh, a functional nine is gonna do the job. Hunting around here, up in this mountain range. Like, until you run into Dogman or Bigfoot or something like for that. For sure. But, like, the, it's it's close quarters hunting. This is not, we're not doing, like, right. you're not Rockies, having, you're not gonna Rocky Mountain right. ridge you're, hunting. You're like, not going to find a right. shot over 120 yards exactly. in most places. Right. Exactly. You're doing sub 200 yards. You're not shooting half a mile to the opposite ridge line. Yeah. That's not <laughs> happening here. I know people so, that what? used to poach deer with a f 1911. Yeah. You know? <laughs> for sure. And 12 gauge is on the table here. I've not used my 12 gauge for deer hunting, but certainly it's a, like, turkey is considered a big game. And, I, I, and I, that's what my 12 gauge is for. That's a turkey gun. My problem with using a, a 12 gauge or any shotgun for deer hunting is, like, you're going to ruin a lot of meat. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And the, but the nine won't. Right. It yeah, doesn't have no. to, I guess. Like, no. I, I mean, I've seen, I saw a game warden ruin a bunch of meat with a 1022 because <laughs> that's their standard issue. Uh, but whatever, you're not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with the game warden. He gave me the deer. So nice. Yeah. They're good. They're good about that. 
Yeah, game yeah. wardens when, when are we, the best cops. When we, yeah, game wardens are the best cops. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. I know like, mine. They don't like the give a shit region. unless I, you're stepping on their dicks. Exactly. You know? Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. And if, if I've ever had a question in terms of hunting regs and stuff, I'm just going to go ask. Because then you yeah. created, like, then if something is run afoul, it's like you had probably a personal, around here, you probably had a personal connection yeah. or interaction with them. And you've demonstrated that it's like, I care. And if I you care enough that right. I'm asking questions. Totally. So if I did ever fuck something up, and I hope I won't, and I never have, but like theoretically, that person's gonna know that I did it in good faith. If yeah. you don't have, if you are a hunter, I liked getting to know our local. If you're yeah. a warden, yeah. no, they're good to know, and yeah. especially <laughs> yeah. if you're a hunter, know your local game warden. Yeah. Like you know, it's great to be on a first name basis with them. You're not trying to win them over, but you are trying to. You know, the cordialness, the respect, the, they are full of it. They're, I'm not a, yeah, that's, I'm not anti or pro cop, but at the end of the day, game wardens are the best cops and they have to be because they have the most power to abuse. That's that's, the thing. Well, that's, yeah. Talk about going back to the liability game. They can walk into your house without a warrant. No pun intended. Dude, that's crazy. If they're suspecting of you having illegal meat or poaching no or shit. any of that, wow, they can walk into your house without a warrant. I wonder if it was the game warden that gave my buddy up the road who has an orchard basically the right of passage to kill up to six deer a year based on the fact that he's on a orchard. No, without no, that's, having that's just plus two tax. That's yeah. just state that's, law. That's state law. That's, that's state, state law. law. Yeah. But yeah, if, but isn't like the game warden if, part if, of state law too? No, well, it, the, the game warden is the one that would come classify it. Yeah, exactly. The game warden would come enforce it if it was out mm-hmm. of reg. But and if the game warden would be the one to say, "Oh yeah, that reg is right." Like, if over X of your right. income comes from your land and its agricultural use, you have carte blanche basically to blast away and mm-hmm. to the point where you if you don't want to do it but it needs to be done you can hire people to do it well i just had this oh that's really with interesting my, my f- folks because my pops had a deer that just is eating it's in their flower it's in their flower gardens just and like learn. that's where i keep my bees and so the, you know they're like your bee resources and i'm like they'll be fine yeah but the anyways, bees are like, attracting the deer <laughs> no no they're just like oh no the deer's eating all those flowers and i'm like there's a bunch like those bees are fine yeah bees are fine but mm-hmm. this deer he was trying to scare it out of their yard essentially and this deer just wouldn't budge and started stomping him not physically but stomping at him and like you know Doing that whole just standing young, off with a young being male. Like, I'm not afraid, <laughs> not afraid of you. All this I watched it happen, and he's like, so he asked me like what the regs are because he knows that I would like look at shoot it in the ear. <laughs> I just oh, I was just like exactly what we just talked about. I was like start a line of communication with your game warden and then right. designate me as your person. Yep, yep. And all nice, I'm that easy. Happy, I'm happy. They to can take give care permission to anybody who wants. And they can take the meat afterwards, right? As long as it's on agricultural property, mm-hmm. you know you got that right. agricultural license. That's the thing. You're yeah, keeping my buddy pests was out that are fucking with your income. Yeah, that's what it Looking is. To- and they're on a tree farm, so that's their ag. That's their ag. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. if he like, he was thinking about opening up like a, some kind of like a, a, a not like a shack, but like a an actual processing center, like a. Pro- 
a space to not just dress and process, but like actually like store, like have like. I don't know what the rules of- are about selling the meat after you. Yeah, kill I don't. It. I don't know either. Oh, no, you can't. No, you can't. That's the you thing. Can eat it. North, American, keep it. North American Wildlife Management says there's yeah. not there's not a method. Of you being able to sell that meat, so you can't. Um, all right, unless even you're if you a farmer for the meat, even if you itself. can't capitalize you on a, it, yeah, but that's not wildlife. Farm. That's not wildlife. Right, that's, that's right. domestic right. game. Right, or domestic meat. You can't, uh, meat. You it's can't not, technically yeah, sell wild. USDA yeah, yeah, labeling and, and that's FDA. a USDA regulation. Yeah. It's not a uh, even though. <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, the wheel starts spinning. All this, uh, all this talk, though, like, I just about- censored myself like eight times in a fucking <laughs> second. Why'd you do that? Uh, it, Let her be canceled. Let her rip. <laughs> I can always. I can always. Hear that. <laughs> there was hate speech coming. Well, we could always tone that down. But it to. was towards the FDA and USDA and ATF. Yeah, and all of them. I mean, they. I mean, I've talked to them on the phone. I don't know any person, any anybody over there personally, but they seem reasonable enough dealing with them no that's just a bureaucracy they're always reasonable at the surface level yeah and then once your complaint gets lodged yeah then they decide that you owe money you know the most fucked up thing though when i used my tax uh fucking accountant uh was it like a year or two ago he fucked up all this stuff and i ended up getting all these letters from the usda wanting to complete all these surveys and shit because for whatever reason, my dumbass fucking accountant logged like the schedule F or whatever the fuck it is regarding farming and farming revenue and stuff. And so they wanted me to report what I was farming. He put and, you into one column versus yeah, another. And like, I, I'm like, what the fuck am I getting all these letters for, man? Like, I've filled out your surveys. I've answered your questions. None of this applies to me. I don't have a fucking farm. I live in water. <laughs> like, yeah. I, right, I, yeah. They didn't. I live to, under the fucking interstate. Yeah, they, <laughs> like, they didn't bother to uh, rip out a whip out a map. So that right. was that was the first issue. But then the second was the fucking fact that I was there in the first place, just through the whole bureaucratic channels and whatnot. So anyway, it's perfectly arbitrary, and uh, I'm sure there's an explanation for it. But basically, when it comes to local ag, so the the deer thing. Though that that intrigues me that you can't so you can't sell it if it's, you were to have it's a, pest say, control a, an orchard or you can whatever give it away you can give it exactly away. Well, and it, that's what I'm getting at is like they don't want it they can't tax barter so like if you were to barter with it you, you still could can't. still so that's the thing no the okay. loophole there's a big loophole with the bartering thing and you'll hear a lot of hunting guides and stuff like that talk about it where it's like you can't even cont- you you can. <laughs> but you can't wink wink like you can't contextualize sure. it as a barter and so a lot of folks that are like big names in like the hunting and conservation advocacy and are all like former hunting guides and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah. are like oh wow we used to break the law all the time and they'll say it publicly right. because it's this weird gray area where they're like and same thing with fishing all that shit um if you're like you know, oh, for me, yeah. it's like, oh, I'll Makes bring sense. some maple syrup. You bring some venison and all that. And it's like, you can't actually say that. You better not have that documented that. Right. Like, documented as an not, exchange not, of values. Right. Not 
not if there's an understanding that it's there's so going to be fair though, trade. But then it's what like, if I happen to? And no, then you're I was right. like, what if you have well, a ledger, I happen you to have can, this maple can, syrup. Do you have that venison? <laughs> cool. Well, no, like, no, here, here's this, the thing. this worked out nicely. <laughs> right, right. You, yeah. can, you can gift things. Yes. You can, you can gift the meat. You can't exchange, though, even good to good, because both of those right. goods have a theoretical dollar value in the even eyes though, of our Even though one person, one person pays at the bar, oh, I'll pay next time. It's like, that's the same fucking thing. Yeah. You know, like tax theft. It's basically the same. I agree. Right. They want I agree, man. They want yeah, exactly. Exchange. That's what I'm saying. Yep, yeah, for because sure. it's all fucking taxes. Yeah. They they want to make sure that they improve their bottom line. Because when government gets so big, it becomes a business model. It's like you're fucked as a society. Like your government is the government should be the collective people to make sure that we have a quality of life, etc. You want to talk about some fucked up shit though. And it's a whole other rabbit hole, but wild foraging laws in the U.S. have this. Uh, yeah, boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, foraging, uh, foraging. They have for what, been Tommy? Developed foraging edible, for like, food, edibles, any yeah. edible mushrooms. Yeah, I know. Anything you don't have to put a bullet in. <laughs> yeah, caloric <laughs> right. value. I'm kidding. Um, but they were built. If you follow the laws, they're built out of keeping people out of the common spaces in New England. When, like, the U.S. was primarily, we're talking about, like, the 1700s. It's and called shit. New England. You know, like. Yeah. Well, totally. anyway, it's exactly that. So, like, juxtaposition of the North American wildlife management model is different than the old European models, which were coming from the English one, which is based around, like, the king's woods and the king's ground. And pretty much, like, you need the, you, it's hunting, hunting and foraging are for the elites. Yes. And they are, yes. it's by permission of the Because royalty. that's where the best food and comes so we, from. we democratized that's our, our s- system but, here. Yeah, um, I fucked it up too. But you yeah, can't, yeah. yeah. No, it's not, no point in doing it right. But like, our model is making it more accessible for everybody. Right. But part of that too is that it if doesn't If you're get your to- own sovereign king or queen, then on your land, you should have those liberties. You and there is some wiggle room for that. That's where it gets into the pest control. Doug Stanhope <laughs> says he's like, you know, that old saying, if you teach a man to fish, then he's gotta get a fishing license. And what are you gonna do with all the guts from that fish? You you you, you gotta dispose of them properly. You gotta get a burn permit. You know? It's like Yeah. Right. It's like you have to answer to the man, no matter what. No, we're we're not even when it comes to we're not even promoted to live off the land the way that got us here in the fucking first. Place. Well, you're not right? allowed to compete with like the centralized, corporatized yeah, food, right, food systems. Yeah, ATF, that's the thing FDA, with the, you can't US. sell the meat. Exactly. You can't sell the meat because exactly. the FDA is regulating a bunch of businesses and that they endorse and to now, sell the meat. And now they yeah, just and I don't want. I mean, no one wants passed, to get rich. They just of this passed stuff. the legalization of fucking cellularly grown meat. For consumption. Yeah, that shit creeps me out. Yeah, yeah. It creeps me out too. I, man. I will eat fucking. I'll eat chicken farm fucking chicken before I'll eat that shit. Yeah, and I don't even. Yeah, ugh. it's weird. I cooked some for some uh, vegetarian friends, and it was their first time having it, and they had just bought it, and like they had it there, and I was running my grill. I was eating my Wait, what, locally what, purchased meat, but, like, some, they like... Had the they had burger? some, like, Impossible Burger or whatever the fuck it is, that's, and I that's cooked it for them. <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. like, I cooked High them some glyphosate. of that stuff. But just taking it out of the package and interacting with it, 
I was just like, this is so weird. Like, the fact that this is, like, the best that they got is, like, my sensory stuff is immediately like, no, this is fucking, like, Soylent. Like, this is, like, just some fucking... Soylent Green! Food product, you know? (laughs) Could be any fucking thing. Yeah, it's so weird. It, like, glooped out of the stuff. And it had, like, all, like, you know, it's, like, in plastic, and then it has plastic liner on it, and there's, like, plastic falling out of the plastic, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Manufactured. I just always, like, I always had the impression that, now, I don't want to take, pass offense, offend anybody. It's too late. (laughs) With the blowhole. But the fucking, like, the, I always used to think vegans, like, only could eat, like, food came from a factory, because uh, any, any vegetable has a life to it and when it comes to life i didn't know i'm fully educated around veganism and whatever at they the time still aren't. basically they still are i mean like i i can't get it right so what the fuck don't like, worry you don't need to whole, because you're an omnivore and you eat right all vegetables have life all of anything yeah. has life especially yeah. the life feeds on life, fermented feeds on stuff feeds has on life. life fungal right, life right, bacteria right. life like all the these- whole like i mean yeah agriculture is essentially like uh, manipulating plants, you a, know, like agrarianness. You are, right. You're still fucking with a life form, right? Agrarianness, exactly. yeah. Like people, especially the fucking vegans, they kill. If if you want to get down to souls taken, how many fucking things they kill just just for soy? Yeah. You know, oh like, my gosh. I've I've tilled fields. I've I've rotated fields. I've I've seen what happens, like, you're pulling up dirt, you're mashing teeny little animals into, like, mulch, and... Meanwhile, all that carbon that's in the soil is getting lifted up into our atmosphere. Carbon's not the problem, man. (laughs) Well, not carbon, but all this whole, like, scheme that they have about this whole narrative about, like, carbon dioxide being this, like correlation for global warming and and when we were kids stuff. it wasn't carbon dioxide that was the problem carbon dioxide is what plants need to fucking breathe right it's it's literally like breath food for them carbon monoxide was the problem when we were kids and nobody talks about carbon monoxide anymore mm. yeah no i don't hear much about carbon monoxide cuz that's the one that's actually causing the problem like You've got the lithium mines, and then you've got, you know, oils ruining the the planet. It's like, okay, maybe some back pressure from oil is ruining the planet, but look at the lithium mines, look at the cobalt mines and the nickel mines. Like, you've got people packed in there, like, shoulder-to-shoulder, sardine-style. And this is just for the start of it. We're already at the point where we're starting to figure out that recycling these fucking things is also a problem. We're yeah, we we don't have a clue. We're not the fucking (laughs) species. We don't have a clue. We're not the species we want to be. We're the species we are. You know. Well, our systems are so young too, and we act like we have empirical yeah, like understanding that we have everything buttoned up and biased oh for sure bought and sold (laughs) oh yeah yep yes yeah you know there's we still don't even know the full effects of fucking television on our species or micro exactly because that shit's not even a hundred years old yeah like in modern history that's like barely 
like we have maybe one or two generations before us that we can actually witness that what are the long-term effects happening. The more technology you can keep out or away from your body, probably the better you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I always brag on now. Ever since we've been talking, Tom, like lately, I've been like just blaming most of our problems on the boomers. <laughs> well, don't drag me into that because I'm no, trying to, no, no, no. You guys are both right. You guys are both right. Hey, no, no, no. I'm I, trying. I am trying I, very hard to not resort to that mindset. It's just very hard. Okay. No, <laughs> exactly. Thank you for qualifying it for me. We're talking that's about been, that's been my. We're experience. talking about the most privileged generation in history yeah, dude, and oh. their effects on the fucking globe. It's really that's hard. all it is. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. Well, there, I really you have a tremendous think, amount of though, debt. it's not. I, I'm trying not to think generationally, just because it's so easy to start, well, start blaming. Everything. You can't not think general. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard the saying? Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. So Sounds like it's like, a, like the generation. It's, a, yeah, it's an generation. old Arabic proverb, and it all starts with. You know, this guy on the hill saying, you know, this rich, you know, Arab magnate saying, oh, you know, like, I drive a, you know, blah, 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 and my kids will drive this, and their kids will drive that, but someday their kids will drive camels again, Mm. and it's because this generational thing of... You know, there's a collapse after the boom. comfort creates weakness. Weakness creates vulnerability. And the vulnerability comfort, creates hard, fucking miserable times. Yeah. And the comfort we're creating for ourselves now is this massive credit bubble. Well, it's there's like a lot of such a fucked up mess. Dude, we're, it's create, a we're trying to create so much comfort for ourselves to the point where it doesn't make sense. You know, however you want to look at it. But like, whether it's the credit bubble, whether it's, you know, like social media, whether it's, you know, discussing how many, like, actual versions of it there are. It's, we're not living as we're supposed to. We're not living as even biological creatures almost anymore. You know, we're in these bubbles all the time. Yeah, true. how do we get connected to the pheromonal dimensions and the <laughs> biological world, the biology of our existence? Seaweed cider. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Big shout out to our future uh, uh, future sponsor, future sponsor <laughs> the Urban Farm Fermentary out of Portland, Maine, on Anderson Street. Fucking brilliant. The the, the experimental seaweed cider. Seaweed cider. 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 I mean, one way would, one way to do it would be to take everybody out of their comfort zone at the same time. And the only way to do that would be mm. take away electricity. Yeah. Oh, dude. That would not oh. go well. Though. Like, global EMP. Painful, painful transition period. Dude, I had a client. (laughs) I had a client who's innocent in this trans, in this exchange of whatever, whose like significant other freaked out because the Wi Fi was out. Like had a full blown meltdown. Full blown meltdown. I couldn't believe my ears. This whole pandemic, if we had lost the Netflix, you know, it's like 
You we, were, we were one amenity away. Do you imagine if the issue? internet had gone out during yeah. lockdown? Yeah. That's what's going to happen during the next one. Except it's not going to go down for the people like monitoring transactions. It's just going to go down for the people who want to use it for comforting means. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just read a book. Uh, the Great Plains by Ian Fraser, and it shockingly is about the Great Plains. Um, but one of the things that they talk, he just talks shockingly. about, yeah, he talks about <laughs> all sorts of stuff. It's, it's his like love letter to the Great Plains. It's about him exploring the area. And so he talks about the history of Crazy Horse, a bunch of old school stuff, which is really great. The Dust this Bowl. Is like Idaho. He defines the Great Plains. It is, it's a huge area. It's like Idaho, down through Texas, Colorado, Oklahoma, Montana, Wyoming. Um, They were horse people. They're certainly horse people. So they have Rome. Top half human, bottom half horse. No, I'm kidding. uh, (laughs) (laughs) They, they, uh, that was was not at the crypto. He's writing it in the 80s. And he's talking about the technology that the missile silos in the Great Plains, because that's where all of them are. He interviews them all, and they talk about all their stuff. They have, like, open houses for the missile silos. They're talking about all their technology, because it's, like, this Cold War period where it's, like, they're so even with the Russians that they know the exact stakes, and if they're all talking that, about if it. The, if all that was actually true. Sure. Fair enough, but the interesting thing to me is they're talking about having essentially internet capability, and you're talking, you're in like 84 to 86. The internet's been around for about 100 years. That's like when, yeah, it was like they were using it, what you were saying before, it's like they were using it for specific tasks, but it was not, it was not the publicly accessible internet that we know today, but they were still using it to do things like manage missile silos at that time. That's how that technology was developed. Right. right. Public accessibility started in late... Like mid-90s? Mid-80s. I remember my, like, you know, rural-ass elementary school getting it in, like, 1994. If if you were a computer geek in the mid-80s, you knew how to get onto it, but it was all DOS... Yeah, you know, yeah. There wouldn't man. be a whole lot at that CompuServe, point. Yeah, fucking, no, uh, it was it was very it floppy was, disk it internet. Was, right, it was where all Terrence McKenna format. came up. Terrence McKenna came up with like his, all, his 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 uh, you know, what was it? Time wave right, Time wave right. Zero off of one of those programs, like Time wave Zero, like way back in like early '90s style, where you only had access to only so much uh, that was out there in the ether. <laughs> and he fucking dude, yeah. Just like took took his audience on a wild ride like, of like I think potential. there's a this America online thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try and subjugate it with a uh uh objective online. <laughs> I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean he was trying to enlighten folks, obviously, but his research all not to take this all down the Terrence no. McKenna's Time Wave Zero fucking rabbit hole, because that's a whole fucking dude. What is Time Wave Zero? Well, it's, uh, it's a, not an apocalyptic prediction, but cause he was, Terrence was always deterministic prediction. Yeah. Like some kind of final, like a, a finite time. He, he believed time was finite and eventuality. Yeah. Um, 
And so it was all about the singularity getting condensed more and more. It was like, as if you, as Joe Rogan, like basically paraphrases and saying that it was like, as if you spun a quarter down a funnel and the quarter just like kept spinning. He's using the downward circular momentum to to the point where time itself would condense so much that you would live the last, the previous like hundred years within like a day. And you would live, you know, in a second and then a millisecond. Maybe and all that's this. why like, my dreams are It's so like exponential up. energy, like vortex of like everything, time itself getting condensed. Like you look at human population and Chris Martinson references this in his crash course, which is fantastic. Anyone listening should check it out. Basically, it's uh, an observation or an, an acknowledgement of um, exponential growth and how this is basically driving our energetic future and the system as a whole. So when you look at it as an inverted standpoint, how much we're depleting fish from the ocean, how population from a just like vertical standpoint of, but it isn't just us eating fish. Well, it's the whole industry, right? It's how we fish. Yeah, like exactly. When we scrape up, how much we're, yeah, how much we're just turning it into ocean. a sport and all this crazy, like, yeah, no. trying to improve the bottom line and, and our growth actually depletes. So it's the opposite. It's, it's inverted. Um, on this graph, might sound, but sound callous, but I would love to see a world what it would look like if we were at our technological equivalent right now, but then all of a sudden it was like, okay. No more farming. Y'all have to hunt and gather for yourselves again. That'd be a crazy world. Yeah, people would have to fend for themselves pretty good there. And well, it would cause some chaos initially, too, because there'd be people that wouldn't know how to do it for themselves, but they know how to rob it from other people. Yeah. So that, you know, there'd be some weeding out. A hungry mob, man. Sure. You yeah. never know. I mean, it's like, wasn't there like, a but whole you could, famine. That would also be a learning opportunity. Right. <laughs> Which all this is. It, but there's so much sequestered, like, wealth and resources, like, physical assets, as well as just, like, I mean, obviously currency, but, like, just in terms of, like, it's already so lopsided because we have refrigeration and we have, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just a biased interest that has right. really sequestered a lot of that. So there would be these, like, you're talking about some pretty serious honeypots for in sure. terms of like, Oh, if I'm going, if I'm going on a, uh, foraging or raiding kind of perspective, it's like, you've got some pretty high value targets just like built in. You no, know? no, I'm more talking about like, you know, like, Everybody, you know, knowing how to forage for themselves, but at a certain point, you know, like you haven't had certain people haven't had the opportunity to try that. So there'd be, there'd be some moments where the people that don't know how would try to maraud from the people that do know how, but that would be a learning opportunity and, you know, like a bridging of the gaps, you know, so to speak, where like, well, you don't know how to do this, but we do. And mm-hmm. as long as you don't try and take it from us, we won't kill you. You know, like right. building fellowships. And we'll even teach you how to do it for yourself. It's, 
You know, it's it's how humanity got this fucking far in the first place. Right. Have you ever read The Road? Like I've Carmack seen McCarthy. the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck the movie. You should yeah. read the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what people say. The yeah. movie is the one with Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Viggo is the best. Viggo is my favorite. Viggo is one of the best per- people that's done people stuff. But, like, fuck that movie. The movie The movie didn't get it. movie didn't get it. But it that book right. that book is about what you're talking about. That book is about deciding to, like, do right even with... Even if people are like trying to eat you, <laughs> or like <laughs> you know, like right. sniping sniping out of a second story window at you with a compound bow that they fucking scavenged off of the last people that they murdered, or whatever. There's at least they don't know how to aim it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, they got you in the leg instead, and here you are. Uh, fucking oh, yeah, that a <laughs> yeah, totally. Fucking oh Vigo, <laughs> zig and zag, Vigo. Don't run zig in a straight and line, zag, Vigo. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's crazy. You got to be careful out there. Like people are whack jobs, and when they're when they're starving or when they're fucking already underlying like mental health issues that aren't getting addressed, like crossbows are terrifying. She can get fucking wicked. Man. And you people are pooping in the drinking water. No, no, you people, <laughs> you people are drinking the pooping water. That's the worst part, right You're now. You're doing both. Molson, Molson just released its first yeah. beer made. Out of 100% recycled water. Whoa. That means you're drinking Poopies. piss <laughs> Gross, that was made into beer. Yes. Well, if you're drinking Molson, you're kind of already drinking piss. Hey, 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 no, no, no. There's a lot worse. There's sorry. a lot worse piss beers out there. Sorry, sorry. It used to be talking. Molson and Labatt were good. And now, yeah, fuck uh, Canada. Sorry. Puking, o- puking off Labatt Blue is the worst puke. That's the worst. Some of the worst pukes I've ever had in my life. My worst experience is pretty of, nasty. My worst experience off of Canadian beer was trying to put a, a a bonfire out at five in the morning with a case of Labatt Blue Light, mm. and it smelled like if God farted out a bunch of demonic pancakes that didn't make it to conception, and it was. I can still smell it. Pancakes? I can still smell them coming over the <laughs> coming over the hills. Pancakes usually smell pretty good. No, no, these were <laughs> pour, well poured the the beer on it. The beer beer skunk is nasty, just in general. I'm just saying. Don't burn light beer. Don't burn <laughs> beer. Okay, that sounds good. I don't like to waste. If I buy it, I'll drink that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we were gonna drink it. It was just like. It was already 4.30, and we're like, uh, we should put the fire out. Well, we don't have any water. And somebody had left, like, they bought, like, a 24-pack of Labatt Blue Light. But yeah. Maybe they drank, like, one or two, and we're like, oh, we'll just crack these over it one at a time. And that'll, like, the <laughs> next day, like, you could, it, it just soaked into you. Oh, like, in dude, yeah, because the was, smoke oh, up in dude, the clothes, yeah. Was, like the next day, I'm just like, uh, oh, dude, that's so nasty. Uh, uh, you know? Here, here. I wanted to, uh, I know, Tommy, you got to roll. Yeah, I got to bounce. I'm sorry. Yeah, dude. No, you're good. Thank, Thank you so you much don't. for joining us. Did you want to plug your uh, Instagram handle or no? You can if you want to. Go uh, for it. Give a Ooh, shout out to anything you want. Uh, yeah, anything. My Instagram handle is Mammal Handle. Mm-hmm. Mammal Handles. <laughs> 
And my name's not attached to it, so if Perfect. you've heard it here, then you have more information than most folks do. I just spent, last night I was at this concert, I was telling you earlier, and I was talking to someone who approached me, who we're friends on the internet, and did not, like, did not know my name. <laughs> you know, and it, like, I was like, oh, you're it's working. <laughs> like, you're a mammal handle? Yes, exactly. Yeah, a ma- that one's mammal handles. It's It alternates... Okay. Sometimes, spell it, spell sometimes it out for our listeners. M A M M A L, no spaces. H A N D L E S. All caps, no caps. No caps. One word. Yeah. No pretty, caps. pretty dope. Uh, it's a Wu Tang reference. Pretty dope from images from the mid nineties. Please, please explore it and find it for yourself. Totally. The bees and the attribute it to the appropriate member of Wu Tang. Trivia fact: You tell me. Which you member got. of Wu Tang quoted, you know, has the mammal handle line? You got. And you will tell me. Oh, no, you're wrong. Nope. <laughs> yeah, but I was guessing. <laughs> yeah, complete guess. We could tell. But once you research it, you will let me know, and I will give you a prize of my determination. <laughs> Sweet. Rizza? Y'all can comment below. No, uh, no. Comment below your it, answer. Comment below, and oh, I will I'll figure out an appropriate prize. Thank for... you, Tom. We've never had a game before. <laughs> yeah, here you are. Your first contest. Word. <laughs> oh, no, you're not allowed to call it that. Dude, you want to talk about ar- <laughs> archaic laws? Yes. Raffle and fucking contest laws in the, in the United States is some of the most convoluted. If you want to get rich, become a fucking raffle or contest uh, lawyer. What? That shit's crazy. Holy shit. And be careful what? what you call Like, we will call this a fun game. Don't call it anything else. <laughs> no raffles. <laughs> We're not doing you, raffles. This is not a raffle. What this is not fuck, a contest. Dude, most you of that shit's void where prohibited. Most of that shit's at, like, <laughs> your local money laundering whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And no... No, the prize of my determination has no monetary value of any, any like any. Yeah. Yes, and if I so happen, the producers to be of this podcast have nothing the, to do this with this contest. It's just a fun game, and we'll, <laughs> and and we'll so end with we'll end on a joke. Here, that. we'll end on a joke. I got I got some bill here for us to lighten the mood. It's about Ooh. three minutes worth of content. If y'all want to stick, send it. Taco Bell. Let me ask you a quick question. Why does Taco Bell have a fucking menu? <laughs> Do you need this? I mean, just go up to the counter. The guy should go, how do you want your beans and flour arranged? I want mine to look like a taco. I like mine to look like a Chorito. It's like the Play-Doh of fast food. They just have this thing with different little forms. Get the taco mold out. It's like the Play-Doh. Yeah, if you ever had a Play-Doh factory as a child, you know that same Play-Doh, but it comes out in different. And, and, uh, and I don't know, herein might be a humorous or nostalgic view of childhood. And that's I need lots of good dick jokes. I'm in a fucking hole here, dude. Digging the hole deeper and deeper. You are people heckling in Chinese right now. Why you not just start with dick joke? Why you have to? Why you have to try to change people's minds and beliefs? They don't want to stand out. They want to be in the crowd. They don't want to have beliefs. Oh, well, okay, thank you. The ancient wisdom of the Chinese. <laughs> they don't want to rock the boat. They just want to hear dick jokes and go home. God, we need this oh, man. Fuck it, you know. I am available for children's parties, by the way. <laughs> 
I know some of y'all might have a young and coming of age and not want to go the traditional clown balloon animal route this year. Might want to look me up. Beelzebozo. <laughs> clown from hell. It's in the phone book under B and H. It's Beelzebozo time. Hi, kids. It's Beelzebozo time. Tell me something. Who here out of you youngins has never smoked a cigarette? Come here. What's your name? Tommy, Tommy, how old are you? Five, five years old. And you mean to tell Beelzebozo you're not smoking cigarettes yet? Come here, Tommy. <coughs> Mommy! Hold it in. <coughs> Hold it in, Tommy. It's Beelzebozo time. Hold it in. Tell me something. Who here out of you youngins has never watched a skin flick? Come here, kids. <laughs> See them? Them's titties. <laughs> mommy! That is your mommy. <laughs> I'm kidding you. It's Beelzebozo time. That is your mom. <laughs> oh, thank you guys for <laughs> indulging me in that. That was awesome. Um, and anyone in control of Bill Hicks's estate, please don't sue us. That was all in good fun here on the BBCR. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you are in control of Bill Hicks' estate, do yourself a favor karmatically and try and do some of what he would have done with it. Yes. No judgment. None. All right. Awesome.